closing discussion. Okay, so I can't say that Wrestle Kingdom was the best thing because it's literally the only wrestling I watched this week. I didn't even watch Dark. <laughs> oh no, I figured we were going to end with your baby face being Wrestle Kingdom, and I would just say, I give you the end of the show. Well, however much time you've allotted me for Wrestle Kingdom, I'm going over. Um, <sighs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, yeah, I called that. I knew that was happening. Just, I want you to, listen, and I have... Holmes going to be like, this, he's been going for 30 minutes. He's not stopping. He's doing a Broadway. He's doing a Broadway on Wrestle Kingdom. the fight boys the show about professional and not so professional wrestling i'm your host a man who's watched little to no real wrestling in the past two weeks scotty moore i am the man who is still stuck in 2020 apparently like the rest of this country blake tanner I am New Year's dashing the Dylan. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I, I, I should say I did watch Raw this week because I was going to re- begin reviewing shit again, and then the end of Raw happened, and I said, "Not this week. <laughs> we'll wait. We'll wait a week." You made me watch the end of Raw this week, and it was so bad that I don't think that we i think we both mutually decided without saying it we weren't going to record a load of bs this week (laughs) so um i i do need to full disclosure uh because i couldn't watch wrestle king in the morning i had to watch in the evening i wasn't on social media yeah for wrestling until today Essentially, actually, no. Last night, last night at ten p.m. So I have no idea what happened on Raw. I have no okay. idea what happened on well, Tuesday. Uh, before we get into I, that, I will. The say- only thing I know is that my favorite, my favorite segment of Impact is still going, which is Tony Khan's weekly paid ads on Impact Wrestling, which are the greatest thing going in Impact Wrestling in a decade because it's just Tony Khan showing up, being petty as fuck. <laughs> I, the end of it was so great. Listen, I'm going to buy another ad next week. My grandma slipped a $100 bill in my sock- in my stocking, and I figured I'd spend it on something fun. <laughs> I No, I liked the opening more when he's Tony like, Tony Schiavone's is- reactions are, ugh. <laughs> the beginning of it when he said, this is the time of the year where you're supposed to give back to the less fortunate, and we are by giving impact wrestling money. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it, uh, the, the only thing I've watched wrestling outside of that is I got back on my 2015 bullshit of listening to a lot of Art of Wrestling, and then I rewatched. I oh, fuck, what was it? I rewatched AJ versus Cena at the Royal Rumble, then I rewatched Cena versus Seth versus Brock at the Rumble, and I remembered that, oh, fuck, 2015 was actually a pretty good year in wrestling. 2015 actually kind of ripped comparatively. That triple threat is still one of the best triple threats I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I have a whole idea for a Patreon show based on that, but now let's cover news. Um, so Raw happened. I is was uh, well, Blake didn't watch it all the way. There's nothing really that stuck out to me. The way I described this week's Raw until a point was 
it's not good, but it's not offensive. <laughs> like, like I've now been through the war field so much that I'm like, it's not good, but at least it's not making me furious. So that's okay. <laughs> they wouldn't use it as punishment in Clockwood Clockwork Orcs. Yeah. <laughs> um, Just but like, force your eyes open <laughs> I to watch it. And then uh, Keith Lee and Drew McIntyre had a good match. The way I described it to Blake was, you know those, like, New Japan classics that go, like, 30, 40 minutes, and at the end, both guys are just so exhausted, and the match feels heavy. Like, it just feels heavy, because you could feel how exhausted both guys are. That was the whole match. The whole match, both of them, it felt thick. It was a thick match to slog through. (laughs) <laughs> like it wasn't bad, but God. that sounds that sounds worse. That sounds so terrible. I mean, they were trying their damnedest. You could see they both wanted to make this a classic, and they they both put in some fucking work. But it was a lot to watch. Like at one point, they put he puts Keith through a table, which is always a, a fun crowd pleaser. Putting a guy through a table, uh. Unless the guy goes back first into the sharp point of the table, at which point I said, this isn't fun anymore. I'm just worried about my good friend Keith's back. Oh, Keith. It was... Keith Lee doesn't know you exist. (laughs) But you know who does know that Scotty exists? Freight Train. Freight Train. Yep. Check it in. This is my annual freight train birthday wish. He did send me another birthday wish this year. Uh, and then the match ends. Freight train would recognize you in a Denny's. <laughs> he probably would. And so, match ends, and Drew is getting to take the mic. And I will be honest, the greatest five seconds of my life are the five seconds where I forgot what Goldberg's theme was. Because it hit, it, like, just random music hits, and I'm going... Wait, who is that? Who's this one? Who's this music? And then it pans over. Who's (laughs) next? And Granddad Leather's there just pimping out to the ring. And he grabs a mic and is like, You don't have respect for these legends! And I'm like, Were we part of a conversation that only you were having? Because Drew didn't say any of that shit! When? Drew should have been like, Drew should have been like, do I know you? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? What? Because like, it was so buck wild, and apparently, according to like everybody, the match went long. Drew was supposed to say something, but even then, if this rivalry is based around someone not having respect for legends. On a show where Randy Orton was actively running around and bullying old people. Feels weird that Goldberg's going after Drew, a man who has openly done... His gimmick has been the legend defender at this point. Uh, yeah. I, honestly, I would have I taken Goldberg versus Orton way over this. Oh, yeah. Way over. That actually, like, you could have built that to be fun, but now it's going to be, the championship's going to be been, involved. It, and it would you. not have been, it, it wouldn't have been fun at all. This match isn't going to be fun. Any match that Goldberg's in, after no, no. that one at WrestleMania with Brock, 
not fun. No, no, I don't think the match that would one be was fun. Only fun. I think because the- I got to see, I got to see Brock Lesnar jump a spear. Yeah. Which was great. I don't think the match would be fun. I think you could do something with the actual build instead of starting from a point of nonsense that Goldberg was starting at. Like, coming in and just doing a fucking promo Mad Libs and hoping something stuck. Yeah. This episode of Raw, by the way, actively ruined the character of Randy Orton. Because, let's recap (laughs) what Randall Keith Orton has done. Do we have to... He said... Wait, uh, did they ever confirm... Oh, they confirmed he set Alexa Bliss on fire? No, 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 I'm I'm going back to TLC. He set a motherfucker on fire, and then on the next episode of Raw, it went off on a cliffhanger where it looks like he's about to set a five-foot small woman on fire, and then this week, it cuts to Randall... And he's he like they're like, hey, are you good? And he's like, you know, they say when you when you fight, when you touch the fiend, he changes you. And he did change me because I had compassion last week because I didn't do a big burn to Alexa Bliss. I didn't set her on fire and I'm disgusted with myself. But now there are legends here and I'm going to remind them why I'm the legend killer. And I'm like, okay. Will at least get like like when Randy dressed up in his hitman costume, turned off the lights, and did a big punch to Ric Flair. I was like, okay, good, we'll get that. No, instead, it was just Randy walking up to old people and bullying them. Like he didn't touch any. The most he did was Big Show was like, he was like, Randy looked at him and said, "You can't get back in the ring anymore. You're retired after what I did to you." And Big Show's like, "Well, firstly." No, that's not true. And then Randy puts a hand around Big Show's neck like that will do anything. <laughs> I was really hoping instead of he went uh, saying he went up to them and bullied them, he were like, he, he, Randy just went up to Legends and RKO'd them. And then, <laughs> no, that would have been so much like better. Like Shawn Michaels and that... Shawn Michaels and that build-up, I just kicked Stan, and he's just RKOing. Like fucking Ricky Morton and shit. Just <laughs> he looks like a fucking salmon going up river. <laughs> it's just you just, just a fucking row, a goddamn conga line of RKOs. <laughs> see that bit had legs, and they just ignored it. They just ignored it. Yeah. See, Dylan, you're the problem is you made it into something good. Which is, like, WWE can't do good things anymore. Yeah, yeah they can. <laughs> From what I've seen, Asuka has the ability to make <coughs> anything she does good. Yeah. But it's true, and I do want to talk about somebody who has a good track record on making bad things good later tonight. God, the fucking, it was her and Asuka versus Lacey and Peyton, and I guess I have to stick to the WWE YouTube channel to understand why the fuck... Lacey Evans just got so horny for Ric Flair during this, but like that all happens, and then Rick trips his own daughter to allow Lacey and Peyton to pick up the victory. Then afterwards, Charlotte walks up to him and just goes, "Get out of my business!" in the most serious tone, and I'm like, 
the the tone of this segment went from kind of goofy with like the heels flirting with Rick to a little di- like diabolical because now Rick's turning on his daughter to now just sad because <laughs> you're watching a champion yell at an old man. Uh, you know what? I will say though, I know Ric Flair is an old man now, but he probably deserves it. I don't know what for, <laughs> but I think Ric Flair deserves to be yelled at. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that that was all. Listen, buck- listen. <laughs> I I really I really appreciate the idea because in my own head canon, uh, he tripped his own daughter uh, because he was still trying to get Poon at eighty something years old. <laughs> It was just because they ain't shut down old Space Mountain just yet. (laughs) So you're saying there's a chance? (laughs) This was both the worst and best up like Legends episode ever because all the Legends shit was so bad. The show opened with like an iPhone seven with Hulkamania written across the back. (laughs) Oh wait, Blake, have you not seen this either? No! Bump, 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 bump. This is how... When it comes, This is how Monday Night Raw opened, was a fucking iPhone with Hulkamania across the back, and then you hear a voice say, We've got the new Hulk phone, brother! It can make phone calls! It can send text messages! Brand new! But the most important thing it does is it asks, What you gonna do? And it just—it took ten seconds before it actually panned up to Hulk Hogan. It was just a, sh- a shot from above like a fucking life hack video on YouTube. Of Hulk Hogan playing with a phone. This? It's a fucking. Is this so, why? um. Uh, speaking of. I hope somebody dubs it. I really hope somebody dubs o- over it, it doing that. It's like, it can say the N word. <laughs> <laughs> did Did you guys see the uh, the Hulk Hogan tweet where he said that um, more people. Or something along the lines of like, don't know why more people aren't coming to the Hulkster uh, for fucking wrestling advice. And Bianca Bella responded. I can think of a few reasons. <laughs> I think his thing was like, uh, I think his thing was just like, they're worried about me taking taking their spot, and Big Swole was like, I don't think that's it. <laughs> I fucking love Big Swole. That, that ain't it. I love Big Swole. Because um, that was a public Swole announcement. Now, uh, on SmackDown <laughs> so, wait, speaking of the, uh, the Legend segment, was it, was I the only one that thought it was just really weird how they just had them all out there for the main event, and they just were sitting there in the most awkward position. My favorite was even my dad was like, you know, they could have Hulk Hogan stand there when Keith Lee comes out for this match all they want, but it ain't gonna change shit. It ain't Ain't gonna gonna fix it. Oh, yeah, but uh, that'll happen. And then the best part of Raw wasn't even on Raw. It was on Raw Talk when Mustafa Ali, or Mustafa Ali, grabbed the mic and was just like I don't understand what's going on and then they're like well it's legends you gotta respect them he goes no no if anyone here knows what they've done and respects what they've done it's me I know that they've paved the path it's the fact that they're not letting me walk on that path now that's making me upset and I'm like (laughs) why is he not on the main show why 
That also reminds me of somebody posted the idea on Twitter of uh, Mustafa Ali uh, versus Hulk Hogan, and he responded, ah, yes, a true American versus Hogan. Yes. Uh, and other I news- actually think he said real American, because that makes more sense. Yeah. Uh, in other news, there are some call-ups possibly happening. Rhea Ripley getting called up. Rhea, listen, when they find Rhea Ripley's corpse somewhere in this, that stage at the Thunderdome... Oh, yeah. <laughs> fuck me. <laughs> I still need to watch NXT, By the way, but... It, I am curious. So, so, so I am well acquainted with the idea of, like, you know, you go out on your back, you put people over. They've really hurt Rhea's brand a bit, I feel, over the last couple of months. Yeah. Because Rhea's kind of just gotten punked out hard like the only her redemption needs to be charlotte flair dominating in the rumble they're down to 30 30th entrant rhea ripley and she comes in and just double clotheslines both of them over the top and just beats the shit out of charlotte into the stands i was really half expecting rhea to be oscar's like announced partner like that was kind of like my like okay because that would have, I would, I would be so, stu- I would be beyond happy to see Rhea Ripley and Asuka interaction promos. I would, I would subscribe solely for that. I'd check YouTube every, every Tuesday and be like, what happened? Was there something? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, imagine, like, they're doing the Women's Royal Rumble and they're, like, doing the shitty thing where celebrities are in the Thunderdome and one of the faces is Rick. Rhea comes in, eliminates Charlotte, takes her, throws her through the screen, but only the one Rick's face is on, and it explodes. You'd love to see it. Yeah, but, uh, in addition to Rhea... I keep forgetting that Asuka is still Raw Women's Champion, because I was like, yeah, and then Asuka can, like, be in the Rumble. I was like, wait, why would she be in the Rumble? She's a champion. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I really hope that she's the one that gets challenged, because, like, after she got screwed in one WrestleMania, and then her and uh, Sonya didn't get to be in another WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. I'd really like for them to, like, them to, you know... Something. Something. <laughs> uh, well, the, By the uh, way, when's the Rumble? Uh, four weeks, I think. Four weeks from now. Oh, it's in February this year? No, 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 it's at the end. Okay, so I'm bad at math. Look at the uh, very end. Yeah, yeah, Like the very end it might of January. The, I think, is it on the 31st? Because that's on a Sunday. Yeah, I believe so. I'm actually mentally now going, how many episodes of JWF do I have to write? <laughs> Before it we is get on to the thirty first. Um, but uh, in addition, the other person who was getting potentially called up is Damian Priest, who, in the most Xavier Woods ass call up of all time, was going to get called up to be somebody's friend, and it's Kevin Owens. No, and yeah. Um, if you believe the uh, the backstage, uh, the rumors and stuff going around, Owens was the one that's like. You guys know I've, like, we've never even had any interactions to get. You guys know this doesn't make any sense, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, that's bullshit, right? Like, he was apparently in the building, ready to go, and they're like, yeah, this is, this is gonna be kind of stupid, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And then I like to, I like to think that, like, Kevin was like, hey, listen, 
This is stupid. We can't do that. Yeah, but we're going to do that anyway. Roman comes in. You guys know this is stupid, right? You're 100% right. We're so sorry that we even did this. <laughs> that's actually 10, oh, yeah, that's the- 10 minutes after he left the meeting where they said, you're going to face uh, Goldberg at the Rumble. And he said, give him to Drew, not me. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I don't want that, Ooze. Um, <laughs> let, let, let Drew try to get a good match out of him. Doubtful. Yeah. <laughs> Let Bet they have try. Goldberg go over too. Oh man, what if Goldberg goes for the spear and like the top of his head just connects with a claymore? <laughs> he just flops it down, and that's how Goldberg broke his neck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then Bret uh, Hart came out and and did the uh, did the scissors. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about good wrestling, because AEW, uh, we'll get into last week's AEW, because we did skip a week, but um, we'll get into that in a few, because I don't want to cry this early into the show, but this week's looked apparently very fucking baller. Like, there was a lot of advertisement for the big show, for the Go Big the Show. Go big. But- the Go Big Show, not the Big Show. The Go Big Show, Scotty. Very different oh, things. I'm sorry. The go- they only plastered that shit over all the railing, the ring skirt. I'm surprised, like they didn't have it on the back of Tony Schiavone's jacket. Oh wait, I'm sorry. You're right. It's the Go Big Show show. Is what they were advertising. Now on Netflix, um, they've got the updated TNT title because they updated the old or they uh, retired the old version along with Brody. And uh, yeah, the new one looks phenomenal. It's a uh, black belt, which I think adds so much to it. The red really was a little rough, but they made it work. Uh, Yeah, I thought it looked cool. I actually watched all of Dynamite this week. Am I the only one who watched Dynamite this week? This is a fucking unicorn. Yeah, yeah, you were the only Dude, one. I don't have cable. Uh, I can't watch Dynamite. <laughs> I actually was, found uh, out that um, my friend logged into his YouTube TV account, so I technically have cable now. <laughs> oh, nice. All right. Um, uh, how was... How, there's one thing from this show everybody's talking about, Blake. Uh... How was Snoop Dogg? Did Snoop do good? Because I did see his little, his little timid splash, like what you would do to your brother off the side of the it bed. Was fucking hilarious <laughs> watching Snoop Dogg, especially because it looked like Snoop interrupted the spot. And it's like, Nah, man, I'm gonna do it. Nah, dog, and he I'm gonna take care like, of this. I know how to fall on look, a motherfucker. I, I'm Snoop Dogg. And he fucking did. Like, that is exactly what I would expect so, uh, a person who's not, like, a celebrity who's not a wrestler to do. If they did a splash, just fall on them. And that's what Snoop did. It was so great. So It was so great to the point that Sasha responded to that clip on Twitter and said, Fam, we gotta work on this. <laughs> he uh, also updated Cody's theme song, and it fucking slaps. It's better than it was. Uh, Dylan, what were you going to say? Oh, uh, I was going to say, you do need to remember that Snoop is in his 60s? He's, 50s? Well, he's an uh, eternal. 50s, it I doesn't think. count. It's not the same as human Snoop is, years. Snoop wow. Is, Snoop we is were, also like a... 
How okay? How old do you think Snoop Dogg is? Because I could tell you that it was we were both wrong. I'm gonna say 53. I was gonna say like 62. Scotty. Yeah. Uh, he's 49. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Well, <laughs> I uh, I feel like an asshole. <laughs> I was trying to Snoop. estimate, because I know, like, early 90s, when he was with Dre, he was, like, fucking 20. Like, he started off as a baby. Oh. He's the Brock Lesnar right. For some reason, rap. I thought he was, like, 21. Or, uh, I thought he was older. I'm getting the 80s and 90s confused. God damn. Now, there was a... there was He did have a, like, very simple uh, bit earlier, where Private Party was just, like, chilling. And, like, it's a New Year's, man. You got the gin? I got the gin. You got the juice? I was supposed to bring the juice. Oh, fuck. Where's the juice? Boom. Fucking gallon of juice smacked down by Snoop Dogg himself. You are blessed. Yeah, baby. Blessed by the dog. And then Matt Hardy did a fucking weird contract thing with Private Party that I didn't really pay attention to. And Snoop Dogg sat there for that entire scene and nodded. And I'm like, I have been in that position before so many times, my dude. I can't even tell you. That had to be such a great moment for Private Party, because, like, they named their finisher that. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, Snoop Dogg is there. They had to be like, man, I hope he doesn't hate us for that, or this is going to be a very awkward night. (laughs) Man, Matt, Uh, that proves how good broken Matt Hardy is, because, like, I know Matt Hardy's a great wrestler, but, man, unless he's broken, Matt, I don't care to see Matt Hardy do backstage shit. Uh, Actually, yeah. no, I would still pay to see Ver- Matt Hardy version one again. Oh, yeah, yeah, I could see that. But, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, da, 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 that song still slaps. Still slaps. I uh, I jump scared Blake with that theme song the other day because we realized that he doesn't know how to spell the word Matt, as in wrestling Matt. He always just spells it like the person's name. <laughs> so he always, I was editing his promo for JWF, and I'm like, Here's mats all over this, and so I finally just screamed, "Oh yeah!" And he fell out of his chair. There, is, I did not. But um, listen, when I refer to a wrestling mat, I just imagine my friend Matt's face on it. <laughs> just a giant stretched Matt Hardy face. Um, but I, I will say there is one part of AEW I watched because I had to do like this shitty thing for my new my new gig. And after that was over, I said, ah, the main event's Kenny versus Phoenix. I don't care to see how that ends. Let's see how Kyle and Cole are doing. You should. You should care about oh, hold that. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I said, that match slapped. It was uh, a so fucking I- great match. Well, well, I was more trying to see, like, end angles. So I was like, Kenny Phoenix, I don't see a big ending angle, just Kenny dominating, one-winged angel, end it. Well, you were fucking wrong, weren't you? Oh, yeah. And so then I was like, okay, let's check out Kyle versus Finn, which was uh, admittedly very fucking good. But then I realized, oh, wait a minute, NXT usually runs long, meaning this is going to end at, like... 10 minutes past the hour, which I was right on. Let's see what's happening on on AEW. And as I flipped over, I swear to God, was the moment <laughs> the good brothers ran in the ring. And I'm like, my timing is impeccable. It's impeccable. Yes, at the end, um, Callus uh, and Kenny, Kenny was about to just end Phoenix's career. 
and fucking Mox came in with the save with his barbed wire bat, but he got beat down when the Good Brothers decided to enter the picture. And not only that, the Good Brothers, you know what's a Basically, a lot of people from AEW tried to, like, stop them, and the Good Brothers did one of the most- They bodied all of the AEW dark talent talent, in, like, one go. It was so good. I've never seen a more efficient clearing of the ring than at the end of that episode of Dynamite. It felt like it was perfectly cut, and it just seemed perfectly paced. And- Also, Fuego is dead. Fuego del Sol is dead. He he got put through a table. Gallows then did his like uppercut spot to somebody, like Kane uppercut to someone directly after it. Like he didn't even break stride. It was badass. And then of course, uh, after all of that, the Young Bucks came out. They tried to stop it, but in the end, we saw where they were. We saw what they were sitting. Is that everybody just held up a giant ass? Can't legally say it. Hand symbol. Sweet. The hand symbol. Hand oh, symbol. Uh, yeah, it's this the deer. Do you, yeah. do you know who? Do you know who doesn't care about that? Tony Khan with his seven billion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Tony Khan was like, "I'm gonna give." Tony Khan said, "I'm gonna give Jack Perry the rights to fucking Tarzan Boy, and then I'm gonna tell Vince McMahon to go fuck himself on live television." <laughs> The funny thing I think was Jericho refused to say too sweet on the oh, commentary, no, and that's the biggest now. thing don't, I noticed. Don't get ahead of me because as I was watching it, they came out and I said, The Bucks are gonna come out, they're gonna turn, they're gonna reunite, that's what's gonna happen. But even then I was like, This is a pretty cool moment. But the whole time I kept feeling like something was off. But we'll get into that later. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, I mean, Cody versus Matt Seidel, uh, other than Snoop coming in and just landing his whole body on a person, it was fine. Um, Hager Wardlow was okay. It felt like it could have been bigger, but eh. W- Wardlow F-10'd Jake Hager. The fuck bigger do you want than that? A, a big motherfucker threw another big motherfucker. It was. I, I guess it just, I don't know. I don't know why I didn't like it. Because I felt like I should have liked it more. Maybe I wasn't paying attention. Um, I mean, fucking Omega versus Phoenix was amazing. And uh, Sheeta versus Abaddon wasn't anything more than I've seen before. Although Sheeta got very bloody, which I appreciated. And Abaddon dragging Sheeta under the ring to the point where Bryce Remsburg is like, Y'all, I'm coming under there to stop this. To be immediately scared out from under the ring by Abaddon was wonderful. Yeah, you're not gonna... It's nothing I've not seen before. The the fuck? She's a fucking zombie. She's just biting the shit out of people. (laughs) Oh, man. She did do a lot of biting. She's a zombie. That's her. This was a Resident Evil match. (laughs) I did not dig the frizziness of her hair. I felt it took away from the look. Oh, I haven't, I I haven't seen it. Like, all I've, I've just read about it. I will say, 
the greatest comment about the reunion at the end of the show did come from Alex Shelley, who said, legitimately, as someone who has had their ass handed to them by the Bullet Club since the beginning, I can honestly say that these three, talking about Gallows, Anderson, and Omega, are like my fifth most feared rendition of the group. There's no Tongans, man. <laughs> then Tama pimps in is like, at this point, it's only Bullet Club when there's Tongans. Anything else is just the guys that wish they were in the Bullet Club. Jesus. <laughs> oh, man. And then he t- the, the hashtag betrayal is real. <laughs> the, uh, Folly came out and was like, congratulations to Elite 2.0. Uh, Bullet Club is only in New Japan. Uh, it's one of those things that, for me, like, I, I don't know how I feel about it. I'm giving them the two-week rule, and it may be because I've soured on Gallows and Anderson. But for me, I am a little bit like, is this just, like, the AEW version of nostalgia? Because in a way, for their crowd, this is a nostalgia pop of, oh, we know these five and what they're they're doing. So, like, I'm still a little... Little sour on it, but it to may be fair. Th- this is a version of it that we never really got, yeah. Because after Kenny took over, they left like a month later. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. And but the little bit, the little bit there was was hilarious. Like there were like group spots that were legitimately funny. Like, uh, oh, like uh, fucking was it Gallows would get on like Kenny's. Like, he would do a splash, and then Gallows would get on his back, and he'd be like, this is too heavy, and then fucking Anderson would run, jump on his back, and they would all three fall on a guy. <laughs> I, yeah, uh, I'm, that- I'm very excited to see this team up, because I never really got to see it. Well, with me, the thing that most intrigues me about it is the look on the Bucks' face as they were hitting the two sweet. You could see on both of their, like, Gallows, Anderson, or Kenny are like, fuck yeah, the band's back together, and then the Bucks are like... I am not comfortable with this. I am a good Christian boy, and I'm excited to see if they're going to pull a the Bucks are trying to resist this kind of angle or what. Like I, That's going to be the intriguing part for me. I just think they didn't didn't enjoy the idea of getting sued for doing a two-sweet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, it, Tony was like it, right behind them, like right behind the hard cam saying, do it, it's fine. You're good. He he was just holding up the blank check in the air like, we're good. It's like, Vince can eat my ass. <laughs> I'm going to pull the vanilla ice defense. I will take defense. out paid advertisements on Raw, damn it. I'm going to pull out the vanilla ice defense, which is Noah two sweets like this. The way we do it is slightly to the side, so it's not the same thing. No, no, we do the upside down too sweet. Yeah. No, that's that's New Japan Bullet Club. Yeah, we do the we do the inverted right side angle too sweet. It looks the exact same, but it's different. Yeah, but you know what's never different? My love for our patrons at Patreon.com/slash A Load of BS. Go. 
give us money and get access to tons of exclusive content for the price of a cup of coffee a month, $5 a month, you get access to exclusive content like you paid for this. The show where Blake and I watch terrible movies and commentate over them, or movies we initially thought were good, then realized halfway through were really shit, like Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. So you can listen to that, you can watch as we react to old episodes of JWF War that we made back in college and were absolute bullshit, and listen to Wrestling History X. Uh, appropriately enough, I'm as soon as I can get it edited, I'm releasing Dylan's ep- second episode on Kenny Omega's junior run, because the boy talked so much that I had to split it up into two episodes. A year apart. A year? It's not a year, it's like six months, it's fine. But for right now, who are we tweeting, Dylan? Uh, you should, you should, uh, tweet at Serpentico and, uh, ask him, uh, ask him what it felt like to get punked out by a 50-year-old rapper. No, no, uh, Hangman Page did just tweet, I can't believe I lived through a stupid coup attempt, and God bless him. Fuck, man, he's, that was so good, because that is exactly how I felt right now. I feel like, I want to hang out with Hangman, because I think he would just be the best kind of person to grab a beer with. Oh, on the way uh, on the way up on our trip, I listened to two separate Hangman Page interviews, and it's astounding how quiet he is. He is just a anxious millennial cowboy. Like, that is truly, <laughs> that is truly who he is. Oh, that's, that sounds amazing, because I feel like in that kind of energy, I could be just my truest self. Yeah. Uh, oh, man, we're going to get blocked by Serpentico. <laughs> All right, <laughs> boys, let's get into our heels and baby faces. Hold on real quick. Um, real quick, though, I do think we need to talk about one thing in NXT, which is, of course, that Shotzi Blackheart's tank has dick-seeking missiles. Oh, yeah, it's fucking great. I love her so much. Um, I, I, God, and, uh, I, I really think that Dylan would appreciate this. that more than most. Yeah, I really want to watch this. She was also, uh, she also is, yeah. I, I, I'm pretty sure she is also actively trying to break her own neck because she did a fucking tope suicida that was literally like a torpedo being launched, and I'm, I'm pretty sure she wanted to break her own neck and kill Candice LeRae at the same action because that looked like what she was going for. That's I, funny I think because the, uh, in this week we have Shotzi, Ibushi, and um, Kenny all in matches that, of course. Just really, really put someone's neck in a danger zone. Yeah, I think the only uh, person who d- has a w- like more painful-looking tope suicida is Darby. Because Darby goes through, not the second rope, but the first. And it does kind of look like he just flings himself at the earth and prays for death on the other end. Like, I, every time he does it, I'm like, stop. Uh, Darby Allen has a death wish. Well, then that's his character. Like you, he could be called Death Wish Darby Allen, and no one like his fin. If he if he ever did anything other than the coffin drop, it could be called the Death Wish, and I'd be like, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I I I mean, I think it's beyond the point that I'm like, I feel like this is some his real personality turned up to eleven, like most great wrestling personalities. Yeah, and that makes me consistently want to ask, are you okay, Darby? <laughs> well, let's get into our heels and baby faces. Dylan, would you like to start with your heel? 
I'm also writing down fucking Death Wish as a finisher name because it's really good. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, the the Royal Rumble is coming up with WWE soon, and uh, there was another Rumble in uh, in New Japan recently, and it really reminded me that. I fucking hate rumbles. <laughs> I used to they're not. So, they're such a clusterfuck. They go on for way too long. Most of the wrestlers are just fucking standing there for like 90% of them. Like, there are good ones. Don't get me wrong. There are good Royal Rumbles. 2001 Royal Rumble where Kane just literally whooped ass for like an hour and a half for something. Great. You fucking threw Drew Carey over a rope or whatever. It was wonderful. CM Punk's Sermon on the Mound. Great rumble moment. Stone Cold just beating people down and looking at his watch. Yeah, fantastic. Like, last Royal Rumble, who gives a shit? Two Royal Rumbles ago, I honestly can't even remember who won it. Hold on. I'm using the brain. Uh, but no, I definitely agree. And I think it all started going downhill with the, the age of Roman Reigns. Because before then, Rumbles were always fun, not for who was going to win, but just for the returns, for the people who shows show up, and you get to see all these great returns. And lately, they've kind of become a little stanky. Seth Rollins, but no, wait, not Seth. Was that the year? That was the year Brock won it, I think? Maybe Brock has never won the Brock. Brock has never won the Royal. Brock Rumble. has definitely won a Royal Rumble. Hold on, who won two years ago? The, it was Brock versus Seth at thirty-five, and it was oh um no wait it wouldn't have been Kofi because it was Kofi Daniel Seth Brock. Did Seth win it? Yeah, Seth won it. Seth was the, oh Seth won it the year before last. Yeah. Okay, good. Okay, yeah, then, then yeah, it was Seth and fucking someone else. I don't know. It was Seth and um, Becky that year. Uh, anyways, that, yeah. like, like, honestly, going back to it, the last per like Drew McIntyre winning last year was good. It was fine. Um, I don't have anybody that I was particularly hyped about winning for the since ever before that. You re- you remember when Triple H won it? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. If I may, really quickly, Blake Tanner, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura! I can't look back on that and be happy because I know what happened to him. Yeah, but but obje- objectively, when the rumble happened, that was a good moment. So I'm going to say, taking out what happened after the fact, it was good. But I can't do that right now. I can't ever do that. Uh, But yeah, no, I I always get excited for Rumbles, which is why I always get disappointed by Rumbles. But for me, like, going back to just the concept of a battle royal in general, the other day I sat down and went like, uh, like, the idea I had for a Patreon show was us sitting down and saying, what is the greatest blank match of all time? What's our measuring stick match? Like, obviously, for, like, Hell in a Cell, it would be Foley versus Taker. And so I said, for a battle royal, what would it be? And I realized AEW really perfected it 
with the fucking casino battle royal concept and i do think the greatest of all time maybe that first one at double or nothing because everyone got to get their shit in but it was good because as blake and i have learned having to do commentary over battle royals it if you start with everyone in the ring it's a clusterfuck but also if you only start with two people like a rumble it feels like struggling to get an engine going but with eight with the uh, casino battle royal you start with five people which is not a crazy amount but still you get i thought it was four uh no it's it's five it's Five diamonds, five hearts, five clubs, five spades, and then the wild card. Because, yeah, because uh, on the uh, the one at Double or Nothing... All right, because it's, it's 21. That makes sense. Yeah, because it, it started with MJF, Cutler, Sunny Days. I feel bad because I can't remember his name, but that kid what got no legs. <laughs> and um, a fifth guy. Who was the fifth guy? Fuck. Did you say Sunny Days? Yeah, you don't remember Sunny Days showing up? It was insane. Oh. Oh, and um, fucking Michael Nakazawa. That was the fifth one. But yeah, I can... I, I Yeah, Battle Royals. That's not how you say his name. At, that, at that moment, I said, what's the only other like Battle Royal moment that popped me? And then I went back and watched the match and realized, huh, this match was shit. Until Cesaro picked up the big show and dumped his big ass over the top rope. Rest of that match I could give a fuck about. <laughs> oh, yeah, the original Andre the Giant Battle Memorial Royal. Yep. I think the 91 Rumble. I think 91, 2001, and I think, was it 97? Are held up as the good ones? Was 91, fl- 91 was Flair, wasn't it? 91, no, 91 was Hogan, 92 was Flair. Oh, okay. Ah, that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because Hogan won them back-to-back. All right. I think 93 was the one where Hogan pulled Sid out of the ring. Because that was fucking, oh, God. Why would did anyone ever root for Hulk Hogan? <laughs> God. But, yeah, ni- 97, the first one that uh, Stone Cold Stone won. Stone Cold won. Fuck, yeah. And then 2001 was Triple H, I think. I don't know. Well, Blake, uh, are you getting... No, 2001 you... was Stone Cold again, man. Oh, shit. Uh, Blake, are you ready to get into some tag team action? Yeah, we're tag teaming heels. I'm so sorry, everybody. I said I wasn't going to do it again. He-, he was one of the people that I was really going to hope, like, with 2021, it was going to be a fucking blank slate everything was gonna be new it was gonna be better and then 2021 decided to fuck me so i'm deciding to fuck right back and i'm gonna start with fucking chris jericho wait no (laughs) not like that um i am putting that in the description on itunes in this week's episode blake fucks chris jericho uh no my heel of the week is fucking chris jericho the act of fucking Chris Jericho, apparently. Um, he's the fucking worst. Um, it is... I have been able to set it aside for the most part. But with the events of this last week in the world, um, I think in that this him last having... Day? <laughs> literally, within a day of our recording, yes. Um, him having a weird-ass flat-earther QAnon conspiracy theorist bullshit on his podcast to, like, speak his views and all that shit, um, it just gets 
to my fucking heart. Like, it really fucking hurts to see that people like that, that people like that who are able to do shit, like storm our nation's capital for over an hour, basically unimpeded, that he is giving people like that a platform. That people have given them the platform that has made them into the fucking monster that they are right now. And Chris Jericho is part of that problem. He has been part of that problem. And he's hiding it under the guise of just asking questions. And you know what? It's great to ask questions. It's not great to give people with shitty questions who are stupid don't understand how anything works, deny science, all that good shit, a platform to talk. <sighs> For uh, the people, Chris Jericho, man. Bl- Blake, because this is an audio-only episode, Blake is barreling down this fucking camera now. And here's the thing, I was thinking about this earlier today, and I've slowly come to realize th- the answer to my question, which is if Jericho does want to be one of the people who wants to give a voice to both sides i don't think i've ever seen him give a voice to because like i've seen joe rogan try and every time it just results in joe being a dick to the person on that side um but jericho doesn't do it at all and for a while i was like why not and then i realized oh wait a minute that's not as much as it sucks to say that's not an interesting episode it's not an interesting episode to be like yeah, no, this guy fucking sucks. COVID's real. Like, it's that, that's not an interesting bit of, like, that's why he does Bigfoot episodes. Is he's like, oh, this is something interesting because it's something different and it makes people feel like they're part of a secret society. I'm so fucking sorry because I agree with you on everything. What have you done? Blake currently looks like Geraldo Rivera. (laughs) Dylan has sent us a picture of Geraldo Rivera, and it does look exactly like Blake. Okay. Um, Well, yes. Jericho in real life. I couldn't not share that. I've been sitting on that for five minutes. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Jericho in real life is shit. But it's one of those... It's almost the same thing I I used to have with Benoit, which is like, but he's so good in the ring. Like, it's hard to ignore how good they are in the ring, even though they are a shit. But luckily, I don't have to worry about that anymore, because holy shit, Chris Jericho put on the worst commentary performance I've ever seen on this week's episode of AEW Dynamite, because objectively, if you had told me, oh, Tony Khan is going to get okay. I I see Dylan's hand going. Michael Cole exists. <laughs> Your statement is invalid. Michael Cole is an eight-time Wrestling Observer Newsletter Worst Commentator of the Year winner. Those are consecutive, by the way. I, it's just a matter of, like, if you had told me, oh, Tony's going to find a way to reunite the Bullet Club, you are going to have Gallows, Anderson, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega. You're going to have the closest thing to an OG Bullet Club reunion on national fucking television. Like, this is the closest we would have gotten to it in WWE. Like, this is the biggest platform you'll ever see Bullet Club on. I would have been like, 
fuck yes, when do I get it injected into my veins right now? And just through Chris Jericho's drunken screaming, he ruined it for me. Because I wanted to watch Gallows and Anderson fuck people up, but instead all I heard was Jericho, they don't work here! They're not here! They're, they're not from- they're, they don't even go to this school! That's not them! Why are they here? Like, that's all he said. He added nothing to the segment outside of, hey, just, just so you people at home know, they don't work here. Chris Jericho just told me. Like, that's all he said. That that is that is actually untrue. He did commentate on them whooping the shit out of all of the extras. Yeah, I, mean, I was, um, no, I get, I get it though. Because I mean, when it's so bad that even it becomes a meme in the comments of the YouTube video, that's how you know it's too much. I uh, I think that for me, Jericho's commentary was it was good the first time. By the time we got to the second time around. He could have a good quip here or there. The way that he interjects is entertaining until you get about to the fourth or fifth time that he does it, and you're almost expecting it to the point that you don't want to hear it, is kind of where I was with Jericho by the end of that episode. Was um, JR on commentary? He was. Um, okay. I barely heard anything he said. Yeah, exactly. That JR should have been the one calling this because he could have made it iconic. Like, I know JR is hit or miss, but he could have made this iconic and it would have been better than fucking Omega holding up the two sweet and Jericho saying, He's doing the symbol, that infamous symbol, the hand symbol of the, of the, of the band. The band's getting back together. And I'm like, You can say club. You can legally say club. <laughs> his, his resistance to saying too sweet really, really got to me. And like, I understand. That he was probably worried about some shit, but I, I still, like, there's so many other ways that it could have happened. Like, you could have done it. Just give it to fucking, at least JR that, at that point. Give it to Shivani. Let Excalibur fucking say something. Yeah. Like, let, let one of them who is. Don't, don't put over the, the, that, the symbol, the hand symbol. Don't put that over. Put over what's fucking happening. Put over this moment of true, like, oh, oh my god, is this ha is this really happening right here, right now? Or are, are they are, is, are they back together? Is this really about to happen live here on A? Like, do shit like that instead of focusing on their dumb little fun hand symbol. Focus on the the legitimate act of these five coming back together. Literally, you could just you could stay silent. You could just say the wrestling world will never be the same again. But instead, the hand symbol, his hand. It looks like a tiny dog with its mouth closed. And look, him and Gallows and Anderson are making their hand dogs kiss. Don't no, do it, Bucks. No. Don't They're do doing it. the Snoop. They're doing the Snoop symbol. It's the Snoop symbol. <laughs> I 
thought you said, I thought you said snoot. <laughs> That'd be even better. <laughs> Gallus and Anderson are booping their dogs. Booping the snoot. <laughs> They're booping the snoot. They're booping the snoot. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Not Jackson, please don't. You've got a family. No, he's snooting the boom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love how Dylan is sitting over there. He could not be more interested, in the, uh, more uninterested. No, I feel like every minute of bullshit we do, he sets a timer and he adds that on to his time to talk about Wrestle Kingdom. Yes, we need to. We need to get 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 this train moving. Uh, fuck Chris Jericho is the yes. point. All right. On to our baby faces of the week. I did just realize I'm going to name this episode Snoot Boys. Um, all right. I'll go first because mine is very short. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, he's uh, not that baby short. I don't know. He's what? He's, five, he's like a B plus in height. <laughs> um, no, my baby face of this week is uh, Daniel Bryan because Daniel Bryan is back to doing some of my favorite Daniel Bryan shit. And he's been on this for months now. Fucking, you know, fist me boys, uh, for example. But... Snoot me boys! Snoot me boys! There's this fucking... I, I just have this clip from SmackDown in my mind of him training with Otis. Oh, and yeah. he looks like he's given a Heimlich hump to Otis. <laughs> like, Come on! Come on! It's good. It's very good. <laughs> it's just, this is my favorite Daniel Bryan. Like, biggest baby face in the world, Daniel Bryan is amazing. But Daniel Bryan, when he's at the peak of his ridiculousness, gives me something to live for every week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you see their victory pose? Oh, no. What? Never, never before has the age difference between all of us been more readily apparent than the last 10 minutes I've endured. <laughs> Boop that snoot. Uh, I posted Boop that. that snoot. Oh, <laughs> uh, you said, did Look, you send us Dylan, the- listen here, old man, just because you're not up with the memes. Oh, uh, let's see this victory pose. Oh, it's, it's, it's Gable, Otis, and Brian. Yeah. What the they fuck? They have teamed up recently, so. What is this? What was that? It was very good. This is some Dragon Ball Z ass shit. They, they stole that from fucking Chevy Chase. In the Three oh, Amigos. It it's the fucking Three Amigos. That's so good. <laughs> oh, fuck. All right. Um. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, let's. But anyway, let's... this is my favorite Daniel Bryan. I love Daniel Bryan. I want to see him keep doing this shit. Scotty. I'm really surprised that. Uh, that Chad Gable didn't go heel. I'm surprised he's being like an encouraging coach. I I actually really like this stable because it gives Otis something. It gives Daniel Bryan a platform to be Daniel Bryan. Um, and can they, can they grab can they grab Drew Gulak? He doesn't have anything to do. Oh, Gulak would be a good addition. Ah, uh, Scotty disappeared, so we could just keep talking about it for a bit. Ah, uh, he's back. Um. I just boo mood. <laughs> well, now on to my baby face, and um, it, it's more on the serious realm. But um, yeah, my uh, I mean, it, it has to be Brody Lee. Like it has to be. He was Entertainer of the Year last year, and we literally released that episode 
on the day he passed and uh, like me and Blake were hanging out and the morning I, the morning of the day we would literally yeah yeah I remember me and Blake were hanging out and I looked down and my phone's just going off the hook and I looked down and my dad Gazi like everyone I know who knows wrestling messaged me like have you seen and I went no and then they finally texted it to me and I I Blake there was a solid 15 minutes where I was looking over like I don't know how to tell Blake this? Like it's so much, but I, I I don't. We were legitimately just having a good night because we had not like gotten to hang out in a while. Yeah, we just two of us. We were chilling. We got to go buy whiskey for the first time in months, and then like to hear this horrible news. Especially, I've never lived through something like this in wrestling. Yeah, um, because I wasn't here when. Uh, Eddie passed away or during anything that wasn't an older wrestler, you know? I was going to say during the first night of uh, of finding out about Benoit. Yeah, this is uh, this is my third. It doesn't get easier. By the way, not to try to one-up you, I literally went through a breakup that day. (laughs) And then that happened. I I don't want to focus on like the I don't want to focus on the the he him being gone thing because that's not what this is about. This is about him being a, ba- a ultimo baby face, and if anything, these past two weeks proved just how much he was. Because like in the ring, we all knew how killer he was, and then even outside of it on like AEW or not uh, unrestricted, we knew how badass he was. We knew how intelligent he was. And just the outpouring of respect and love for him that's come out these past two weeks where it's like, like people you didn't even know he was that close to, like Big E, like Big E was tweeting nothing but about Brody consistently. And then like Xavier hitting a discus lariat, McIntyre coming out and saying, it's Monday, you know what that means? Like, it just showed how much, and then it all culminated with last week's Dynamite, which was, I think, probably the greatest tribute I've ever seen. Like, especially the Hangman Silver uh, Reynolds versus, I can't even remember who the fuck they fought. Oh, Inner Circle. Uh, that match. Like, that was that was artful. That was fucking masterful. That that honestly might have been the best like like episode of televised wrestling I've seen. Oh yeah, and it was like, just it. It was just overall quality. The one thing, and then it, with that there, like you could tell that it was a labor of love on everybody's part. Secondary babyface of this week goes to AEW for allowing that to happen and putting on the greatest tribute that I think I've ever seen. And what's great is the fact that the one thing we've always said about AEW is even when it's predictable, it's gonna be fucking good. And I remember the show started and I looked at you guys and I said, is there a chance the Dark Order loses any match tonight? And then explosively both of you were like, absolutely not. There's no way. Oh yeah, and that's the thing. Not a chance. This episode was so must-watch that the three of us actually got together and watched it online. Like, that never happens. And I think also big baby face of the week goes to the newest signee to AEW, 
negative one Brody Lee Jr., a man who has already pinned the longest reigning NXT champion, Adam fucking Cole, a man who has already started a rivalry with Marco Stunt and got into a massive pull apart with him, and who has already beat the shit out of the entire Dark Order and MJF with a kendo stick. That little kid can get it. That, oh, the, yeah. Fresh from that kendo stick. He did not hold back. Props to MJF for taking an unprotected kendo stick. I don't care if it was from a 10-year-old. <laughs> that kid got momentum uh, you, you on You know that. what? MJF's taking unprotected kendo shots from 10-year-olds back for the boys. <laughs> That's what he's doing. <laughs> it really, especially for the fact that they were so accommodating to Brody's family, and they were like, you're just as much a part of this as anybody else. That This is for you as much as it is for Brody, because, you know, funerals are for the living, and this was essentially a wrestling show funeral, um, which was the best way that I think they did it, because e- even the episodes of Being the Elite, where they showed just the best of Brody, like, he was masterful. In just everything. And, and Entertainer the- of the year last year, of course. And he he was somebody that everybody loved. We talked about this a few weeks before he passed, too. There are a few people that you really don't know how big of an impact they've had on the wrestling business until something happens. It, everybody's just sharing these stories. Oh, shit. I forgot about the best moment of the fucking silver hangman match. Was fucking hangman pulling out the two papers from behind his vest and just yeeting them in MJF's face. It was so good. Uh, Sold him like gunshots. And and then, like, the fucking main event, like, which was the tribute to Brody, and it showed the videos. The best part about that was I, I... I... dislike the videos where it's just like a sad song with pictures in front of it and i love that there was a little bit of that but i really loved when they just showed fucking brody beating the shit out of cody rhodes or brody screaming at john silver in the back like they were like we're not gonna try to like hide how like the funny shit he did and the badass shit he did like we know we know he passed, but we are going to show him bludgeoning a man with a steel chain. Yeah, because that was that was part of the business that he loved. And if you didn't show that, you would basically be unfair to him and his memory. Um, I, I, uh, I mean, it was a fucking great show, and I was going to say something, but I really just lost it in the shuffle. Was, so. was it about the fucking BTE tribute episode where at one point it was nothing but Brody screaming, fuck, like back to back to back Brody screaming, fuck. I you mean, you're going to be a little bitch. Could be a little bitch. Could <laughs> be a little bitch. Oh, there was something that I thought, like. It immediately stood out to me because I don't hear it enough, even nowadays, especially in wrestling. You know, they came out, um, I believe it was Silver was the first one that, um, it, you know, it was brought attention to, but like JR said, it's okay to cry, y'all. Yeah. Because they came out and Silver was, you could tell he was barely holding it back. Colt Cabana, my heart just sank for him who knew Brody for so long, and you could tell he was barely keeping it together. And he literally brought out his best 
in this show. Oh, yeah. And, and like, just the... He's not gonna be forgotten. Like, no one's... Because FTR has already renamed their finisher Big Rig. Silver's wearing new ring gear and is, I, I assume, adopting the discus lariat. No, that was, that was for that night. There are rumors that uh, JR's It's Wednesday Night, and you know what that means, at the beginning of Dynamite, is gonna stay. Which is a perfect way to intro Dynamite, honestly. Yeah, and then, um, like, even small things you wouldn't notice about, like, uh, Big E cut a promo on after he had won the Intercontinental title, and he was talking about, this week's been amazing, man. Everyone from, like, some, pl- from Rome to Rochester, which, of course, is where Brody was from, I've had little, uh, little Amandas, and, like, he referenced the names of his kids, like, he, I've got th- them coming up to me, like, he, fuck, he's just such a badass, man. And like it, it's it's unfortunate what happened, but I do want to give a lot of credence and a lot of thanks to AEW for giving him such a great farewell to a point where now it still stings and it still hurts a lot. But also, I'm like, it's okay. The kids are the Brody Lee Jr. is going to be the world's first ever ten year old world heavyweight champion in a professional wrestling business. Uh, it's yeah and and they're gonna take care of brody's family which is something that i mean when eddie kingston when eddie kingston says brody doesn't have to worry because i'm taking care of your family that means something that means if fucking a negative one ever gets bullied the bully's gonna end up in a fucking well with concrete shoots shouldn't have messed with my fucking nephew Uncle Eddie, he just took a Pokemon card from me. Yeah, well, now he's taking his last breath at the bottom of a well. That that would be something Eddie Kingston would say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, it's now time. Blake, initiate rollback mode because Dylan's here to tell us about his baby face of the week. Hey, this is future Scotty, and yeah, no, uh, Dylan's not about to talk to you about Wrestle Kingdom, because you know how we were joking that Dylan was going to talk a lot about Wrestle Kingdom? Well, he did, and it took 40 minutes, so that's gonna be its own episode. So that's gonna be coming out this Monday, Dylan reviewing Wrestle Kingdom, and you can find that on the Fight Boys podcast feed, we may put it on YouTube... We're not sure, but the boy enjoyed the show, and that's why it's Dylan's baby face of the week. And so now, back to you, past me. What did you boys learn this week? I learned that I'm Geraldo Rivera. Um, I, I learned that they never should have gave you motherfuckers time to talk about Wrestle Kingdom. Uh. <laughs> And I learned as long as there is is Wrestle Kingdom, things are going to be okay. Uh, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at Blake A. Tanner on the Twitter. You can find me at the Darkroom Video on YouTube, BS Network, all that good stuff. And you can find uh, me... You can find me at my home, watching more New Japan. And you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at ScottyMo, S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. Check out all the other podcasts at a load of purebs.com, including Fun Fiction, where we recently, I believe this week actually, released an episode where we made fan fiction on Bray Wyatt. Uh, we had... Um, I believe it was Lilith from Big Match Minute on. It was a super fun time, so you guys need to go check it out at a load of pure BS.com.
Special thanks to Mega Ran for our theme song, Fighters. Go support Mega Ran. Go check out his music. I think you'll like it because I like it. And as always, you can find us at aloadofpurebs.com. Step over to the merch table at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. Find us on Facebook, donate to the Patreon, subscribe on YouTube, and remember to follow us on Twitter at Fight Boy Show Serpentico, because when you're a fight boy, you're a fight boy for life!